What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of High First, episode eight, actually. So, you know, we're finally getting there. We're about to hit double digits soon. Just want to say real quick before we start everything, shout out to the Black Mamba and their family. We just, it's January 27th right now, but uh, big Kobe fans, everybody in that generation. So I just want to send love to the Bryant family and everybody that was involved in that uh, helicopter crash. Still tragic, still doesn't feel the same. But moving on to Hornets news and stuff, I have a guest here today. It's actually my older brother, another big Hoops fan. Intakes a lot of daily basketball from college, high school, whatever, you name it. This is why I get my knowledge from people. It's good to have you on. You just quick intro about yourself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Patrice Danasian as well. Like you said, that's my, uh, that's my brother. So yeah, um, you know, I have a, um, you know, love for the love for basketball, love for, love for all sports, really. Basketball, football, soccer, baseball, wrestling. We we both wrestle, so you know, that's always near and dear to our hearts. But yeah, just saying what's up to everybody. Yes, sir. And I'll try to have have him on a lot more too. It's always better to have, you know, two two voices here. So I'm just not boring you out with mine the whole time. But anyway, to dive into some of the stuff that's been going on with the Hornets recently. I know I missed last week. There was a lot of complications going on, but we're here now. But unfortunately for the Hornets, Gordon Hayward has been out due to health and safety protocols. Uh, last minute thing. Uh, at first, it was a foot injury that they weren't quite sure if he'll be able to play. So James Borrego just opted to rest him. At least that's what he told the media in the pregame press conference. The game when they touched down in uh, Toronto, actually, and he couldn't play, which sucked for the team. And they got blown out. But we'll get into that. Uh, how do you feel about just Gordon Hayward's impact on the team, what they're going to be missing? for the foreseeable future? Well, I mean, with Hayward, that's always uh, another veteran piece that every young team could use. He has great shooting, good good passing, ball handling skills. And, you know, he's just uh, another another uh, another leader on the floor that they miss, especially on a team like the Hornets. It's a very young team, like to get up and down the floor. So have that, that calming voice on the, you know, on the court missing is, you know, kind of detrimental they i mean they have a lot of other pieces but yeah that's definitely definitely a loss right right um to kind of piggyback off of that too like you said it it is a big veteran voice that's missing from the locker room and in some cases when i talked to james borrego and a couple of other members of part of the team he is like their big brother out there because a lot of the a lot of the team is 25 or younger like lamello ball's 20 years old miles bridge is about 23 years old so it's like missing out you know, like on your old brother being in the room, somebody that could really calm and steady the offense, especially when everything gets out of control. Mm-hmm. You need a guy like Gordon Hayward to take over a game with his scoring, or even playmaking, because he's taking a step up doing that for this team as well. And it really sucks because since Utah, this is probably like one of his better seasons. Yeah. Like, obviously going to Boston, we all know about the horrific injury that happened to him. So that kind of became like a wash project. And then he definitely played a couple down years over there. But last year was good for him. But this year it looks like it's even better because the team's actually winning and they're right there in the thick of the playoff line. Yes. But to move on into another huge topic for the for this podcast episode right here. Most recently, the Hornets lost two straight games after winning 10 of their last 11. They like I touched on earlier, they got blown out by the Raptors and the Raptors put up 76 points on them in that in the first half in that game. And then another detrimental loss to the Hawks the game before, where Trey Young just went nuts. But now they just recently played the Indiana Pacers, and they swept the season series 4-0, 
and they put up a franchise record high, 158 points. LaMelo Ball had a triple-double of 29, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists, and Kelly Oubre put up 39 points off the bench. So what are some of your reactions to just hearing that huge news, like watching the game and seeing all of that just stuff just transpire? Well, that's definitely a good sign for a young team. And on top of that, they're beating the teams that they're supposed to. So that's also showed the sign of a good coach. So, you know, that's, it's always positive to see a team uh, get up and down the court and put up that many points. No matter, it doesn't matter what team, because everybody in the NBA could play. So it, just because it's the Pacers, don't sleep on them. I mean, they all, these are all NBA athletes. These guys are at the top of their profession. So anytime you're able to drop 150 points, you know, around that area, that's, you know, that's a, you should pat yourself on the back, but I know knowing coach Borrego, he's going to, you know, corral them back in and they're just going to make it. They probably had another work day today. So, you know, just get back to work and, you know, just keep, keep building on top of that success. And that's, that's a, like you hit it on the head, uh, listening to the press conference and stuff like that. Uh, even, even he, like he was asked, like, what do you, how do you feel about this night? What are, what are the impact? Like, how did you guys put up this type of performance? And his his response was very Greg Popovich like, yeah. especially since he came from the Spurs tree. Just well, we shot it well, and like <laughs> you know that that sums it up. The past two nights uh, in Atlanta, I believe they they shot the ball eleven percent from the three point line. Crazy in Toronto, <laughs> it was another terrible showing. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was something terrible. They I think their combined percentages from the Atlanta game and the Toronto game was still beneath twenty percent. Last night, they shot above 40%, which was exactly what was needed, yep. especially for a young team, like you said, to build momentum off of beating teams that you're supposed to beat is going to do your team some good, especially moving forward. Like They have the Lakers coming up uh, very soon. I, this podcast episode drops tomorrow morning, so they have the Lakers tomorrow in Spectrum Center. LeBron is day-to-day, but carrying a win from a team that you know you beat four times this season, it's awesome. And you're going to bring that Definitely. into, uh, even though the Lakers are struggling, still a marquee team, a team that you should circle on your calendar. It's that you should get up for and just be ready to come play basketball. So really looking forward to what they're going to do. But big franchise night. Uh, Kelly Oubre actually dropped another 30-point game mm-hmm. off the bench, and he broke his own record for the Hornets franchise record of points off the bench with 39. I think, I think last time it was 36 points, so. I'm really happy what I'm seeing from him. Like, if you think about when he came into the league in Washington, it was, uh, you know, just a project. They had Otto Porter on the squad already, which was supposed to be the lock-in three guy. So he gets shuffled around the league, ends up in Phoenix, does well there, goes to Golden State with no Clay Thompson. So Steph Curry and Steve Kerr probably thinking he's going to be the guy to step up, good 3 and D guy. He had a bad season in Golden yeah, State. Yeah. Then he ends up in Charlotte now, and everybody's like, well, Kelly – Kelly's done. Kelly's washed. Kelly's not going to really be able to provide nothing for a young team. He has ego problems. He's going to clash with Miles and Lamella, whatever. Now he's averaging just over 16 and a half points, around 17 in a game, I believe. About four rebounds and one assist. Like he's jammed himself into the six men of the year conversation when at the start of the season, there's probably no sparks or traction around him. So how do you kind of feel about how he's building momentum towards that award? Well, yeah, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a, a, a top candidate in the six man of the year. I mean, I think uh, Tyler Harrow is a runaway with that. But I mean, he 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 could definitely be like second place. And that's, you know, nothing, uh, 
you know, nothing to look away from. So right. definitely, yeah, de- definitely been uh, having a great year with the young team. Uh, another another journeyman type, even though he's young, he's a journeyman veteran at this point. So he brought some type of leadership that's obviously helping with that squad. He's able to score the ball. He's able to defend. So that's always, you know, uh, that's that's a big tool, big tool to have in the NBA, three and D. Right. So, yeah, he, he's, he's a legit six man of the year candidate. He could do this every year. And he's probably a starter on a lot of teams at this rate. So, I mean, that's the, yeah, so, so, that's somebody to keep on your radar, somebody who's going to get paid, too. Mm-hmm. He's going to get some money. Yeah, like, just piggybacking off you again, you mentioned, like, you touched on Tyler Hero probably is a runaway. Uh, after a down season for Hero last year, mm-hmm. everybody was expecting him to step up. And I think Eric Spolstra, no surprise here, did it well by seizing him in a role that he will flourish in. Being a starter just wasn't for Tyler Hero with that yeah. team. So getting Kyle, the acquisition of Kyle Lowry, Coming in, you're getting Victor Oladipo back in a couple of weeks, most mm-hmm. here, whatever it is. They're going to be deep. They're going to be a dark horse in the East. So Tyler Hero fits that. I, I can't really combat that, honestly. But Kelly Oubre, for our Buzz City fans, he he has wedged himself in there. Oh, yeah. And that's that's the important part of this. Like right up there with the likes of Jordan Clarkson, Montrez Harrell, the for, our former Six Man of the Year award winner. So Kelly Oubre's big time. And I'm just glad to see he's actually fitting in nicely. Oh, yeah. With the young core, like you said, he's a little bit of a, a journeyman, despite being probably around 27 years yeah, old yeah. or whatever it is. But hell, he, he can make a lot of money in this league just because he's a microwave yep. off the bench. So he hit 10 threes against the against Indiana Pacers. And that's that puts himself. He's the only the third active player to have done that this year to hit 10 or more threes. Not even Steph Curry's in that conversation, which is crazy. So it was kind of like. Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre could find himself in the most improved race oh, yeah. along with Miles Bridges possible. Definitely. So very interesting to see how this Hornets team is going to continue to grow, especially because Kelly's going to get more minutes with Gordon Hayward being out. So the sixth man, you're going to see him playing about 35 minutes a night, possibly. So looking forward to that. And next up here that we have on the rundown, speaking of Miles Bridges, who I just touched on, should it be a possible all-star. It's it's looking real good. He's averaging 20 points, seven boards a game, along with three assists to go from last year's averages. He was averaging about 12 points a game, four rebounds, and no, it's a one or two assists a game or something like that. So he's really groomed his game into being a playmaker. Then, of course, yeah, the former rookie of the year in LaMelo Ball, mm-hmm. who's averaging 19 points, seven rebounds, and seven assists, and hell, to put add some more like, you know, sugar on top of that. LaMelo had his fifth career triple-double against the Pacers. And that's the fourth of the season, but that triple-double right there puts him second all-time in the Hornets franchise history for triple-doubles, which is like, damn, that franchise is young. <laughs> that's telling you guys something. Uh, second, he's only the fourth player, <clears throat> excuse me, fourth player in NBA history to have at least five triple-doubles before the age of 21. The list, LeBron James, Irvin Magic Johnson, and Luka Doncic. Pretty crazy. So Melo wedged himself in that four spot right there. It's like, damn. But again, question to you here right here is how many legit all-stars will they have? Another guy that I should mention is Terry Rozier, averaging 18 points, four rebounds, and four assists. So those three are the prime candidates. Kelly Oubre's on the outside looking in, just to give you, before I let you answer that, in the press conference against the Pacers, he did, uh, he was asked, if LaMelo should be an all-star. And he said 100%. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said 
I think that we have a lot of guys that can make the team, and it shouldn't be a surprise if anybody gets looked at, which could be a little nudge for himself to get that nod, which, yeah, it'd be cool, but I don't know if you're there, Kelly. Let's be, just be realistic. But anyway, back to you. What do you how many legit all-stars do you think they have on their roster? Um, legitimately, they probably have like three. Kelly Ubri's numbers, that's I wouldn't consider those all-star numbers. Maybe all-star numbers on the bat, you know, during a bad year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean Terry Rozier, even Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward, he's he 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 could play an all-star caliber level. Yep, he's been, he's been to an all-star yeah. uh game before. So excuse me. So him, uh, Lamelo is definitely an all-star candidate. I think he should be, he should, you know, at least be a reserve. Um, he, because I mean, who, there's not a lot of people that could give you 19, seven and seven. It's, it's just not I at mean, 20 years old, at 20 years old. There's <laughs> not a lot of guys that could do that. So he's a legitimate all-star candidate. Now I would put miles bridges. I think he's also a legitimate all-star candidate, but the team, it's not like the team is excellent. It's not like they're, you know, 20 games over. Right. 500 or something like that. So they're probably not going to get all of those Hornets in, but LaMelo should definitely make it. Miles and Terry, they definitely have a – I feel like they, they should definitely get looked at. But LaMelo, he's the clear That's, that's a lock. Star. Yeah, he's that's a lock, and he should be a lock. If not, that's he's getting snubbed if he doesn't. I feel that. Um, You know, the, the starters were actually named not too long ago for, for both conferences, but we'll stick to the East since that's where we're at. And the backcourt is uh, Trey Young. And DeMar DeRozan, both guys that deserve it. But uh, Charles Barkley says something interesting. Just Trey Young makes it, but isn't his team like 12th in the East? So, so it's like, damn, they are 12th in the East. How, how big of an impact? Just a quick question here. How big of an impact should your team's record be for like your all star status? No, I don't, I don't think, honestly, I don't really agree with that because if you're great, you're great. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm working a nine to five, but the business sucks, but I'm the best employee, I should still be able to get recognized for that right. because I put in I've been putting in a lot of work. So, no, I don't care what your record is when it comes to all stars. You know, even even uh, MVPs to a certain extent. Like if you know, if there's a guy that's forty one and forty one, but he's on a terrible team and he's easily the most valuable player, he shouldn't get penalized because he's forty one and forty one. Right. He should get looked at because he's the most valuable. So it's kind of like that kind of correlates with all stars too. Like LeBron James counts. LeBron. Yeah. Like you, are you going to leave LeBron James off of off of a ballot off of the ballot because the team isn't good? That that would be a crime. He's averaging almost thirty. So that would be crazy. So yeah, that Trey Young comment. I don't really agree with that. Um, yeah, Trey Young is a great player. The team isn't that great, obviously, but he's a he's a great player. So he deserves to be in there. So right. I mean, I agree. Uh, to to rhyme back to that question, though, just for me to answer it here, like I think, like you said, Lamelo Ball is a lock for for the Eastern Reserves. Um, people people are making the the run for uh, Darius Garland because Darius Garland's been hooping. I'm happy for him. Uh, yeah, Zach Levine probably being on that ballot, but you can have about two to three guards on it. So I think those two with Lamelo would be perfect. Yeah. You know, like I think I think Lamelo is a legit one. Like you said, I think Miles Bridges has the second best odds to make it just because uh we're no, we know he's going to be in the most improved conversation. I, I think he should be a runaway from that award. Yeah. Uh, John Morant shouldn't be considered for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. He, he improved. And if you had to give the award to somebody, he's, he's already like, he's passed most improved yeah. awards. Now he's in, he's in MVP, MVP. talks. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's that's how he should be looked at from this yeah. point forward. He's 22 years old, yeah. also an all-star starter, so dope for him. Yeah. But I think I think it's two. I think Miles Bridges gets in just just yeah, I think he uh, does too. The Eastern Conference forwards are, you know, it's not too stacked. Uh, Kevin Durant's going to be out with an injury too, and he obviously he's he'll be the team captain. He won the most votes in the East, but oh, probably not going to play. Yeah, they'll so, probably sit him out, especially at this stage in his career. Yeah. So Jimmy Butler will probably be the person that slides into the starters, perhaps. But that's like the one guard that I'm forward that pops up to the top of my head for like the small forward, power forward position when it comes down to the East for that all star consideration. And then of course Miles Bridges. The 20 points a game isn't easy, like, especially contract year, and he bets on himself, and he denies $60 million from the Hornets, and he does this. So I think, plus the Hornets are wedged in, into the seventh spot in the East right now. The Sixers, the Cavs, and uh, a couple other teams are just wedged in. All in that spot have about 20 to 22 losses, just like the Hornets. And Miles Bridges is a big reason why this team is, like, where they are right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Two-way player. Yeah, like athletic, yeah. Three level score, and now he's becoming a playmaker. Like it's a lot rebound of the basketball. Yep. A lot of double digit rebound games, a lot of double doubles. Also, I believe he's on he's at six or seven straight 20 plus point games. Mm. So consistency is key. Yeah. Especially for a younger player that's still figuring it out. And he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he what he could be yet. Exactly. Like best case scenario, you're looking at like an athletic nut like like Richard Jefferson. Or somebody like that. If you want to hit your high, high ceiling, if you just want me to like go crazy, I want you to be like Vince Carter. That should be your your blueprint mold that you want to try to be like. So shout out to Miles Bridges. I think you're an all-star, buddy. I think you got it. Um, last topic here, so we can get out of here. James Booknight. Big uh the Hern- the Hornets first round draft pick at the 11th pick of this past draft. Obviously, you know the big wigs in there is Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. Those guys are probably rookie of the year. Scotty Barnes, sorry, probably rookie of the year candidates, you know, up there. James Booknight hasn't played a whole lot. And he gets to play, obviously, Gordon Hayward's foot, the health and safety protocols he's entered. He gets to play against uh, Toronto and Atlanta. Puts up 18 points versus Toronto. Then he plays in the Pacers' uh, blowout win that they had. And he puts up 13 in fewer minutes. So, I believe that James Booknight is in a perfect situation for himself because he's he's playing with guys that are established, like Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, the whole the whole nine that we just mentioned. So him not getting minutes isn't a big deal to me. But when I look on social, I see comments about James Borrego doesn't like playing young players, or James Borrego doesn't he doesn't do a good job in shuffling in and out of his rotation. James Borrego has done a fabulous job with this team this year. Given that, like the fact that they still lack a real rim protector and they're wedged into the east after they were in a playing tournament last year, so James Rago has done a fabulous job. I don't, he won't be like a coach of the year candidate, but other coaches and other players are realizing something's brewing in Charlotte. And James Booknight is going to be a star, I believe. He's going to be an elite scorer. I don't know about all star, how that's going to go, but right now he could put the ball in the hole. So it's a perfect situation for him to just wait, wait his turn, watch these veterans, learn from these veterans. Just take notes. But what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, and I, I definitely agree 100%. I think he's in the perfect position. He's a young guy. Obviously, you can see. Um, so he has a lot of maturing to do body-wise and, you know, his basketball Absolutely. IQ. Absolutely. So for him to get the minutes that he's getting now, I think it's just it's valuable minutes. He just needs to keep building on top of those minutes. 
um, wherever he could fit in, just do do what you know, do what he does wherever the coach puts him at. So yeah, I mean, he it, it, there's no rush for him to get 30, 40 minutes a night. He's not a 30 or 40 minute a night player yet. So he could get there. He I think he'll get there. But right now he just, you know, needs to focus on, you know, focus on uh improving every time he gets to set foot out on the court right. and do what coach asks him to do and keep his head down, keep scoring the basketball like he does, because obviously, just like you said, he's a gifted scorer. So just keep scoring and getting better every day. Um yeah, I mean, Coach Borrego, I, I think he's smart the way he, he, you know, uses, you know, the young guys' minutes and the rotation because he kind of keeps them on a leash, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, he's able to he's able to see what they can do. And then at, at certain points in the game, you see where their lapses on offense or defense and he pulls them out. Yep. So I think he's playing them right. I mean, these are young guys. They have to learn the game. Exactly. And I, I just wanted to pull up this quote that I got from book night the other night in the loss in Toronto. And I quote, this is like on his big night, his 18 point night. And I quote, this is all testament to the type of teammates I have. Like just about his minutes and stuff like that. And he puts up 18 points. They just tell me to stay ready. And I have a coaching staff that believes in me in the front office as well. So like he knows his time will come. Like that's what I take from that. And just being a rookie in this league, a lot of guys get thrown into the fire and they get forgotten. Mm-hmm. So being able to have this roster, a good roster, a playoff, playoff contender roster that we're hoping for, um, James Booknight is in is in a perfect situation. I don't want to hear the the Hagglers or you know fans, disgruntled fans, thinking that he should play thirty minutes a night. Nah. He's he's not ready. And if he gets those minutes, like you said, they're big for his reflection. They're big for his growth, and he's going to make the most of them. As we've seen, he even put up a twenty six point night a couple months back when he got the chance to play because there was nine players just from COVID. That boy's going to take advantage of them situations he's put in. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm just real happy for Book. But parting shots, you got anything else you want to get off your chest here? No. Well, I mean, the Hornets, the Hornets, they're definitely uh, on the up and up, I feel. They should just keep, I feel like they need to keep the coach and management in place. So, you know, just really just need to keep playing. Obviously, they're not, and I wouldn't say they're an elite team, um, but you know they're getting better every year, so yeah, they, they just need to keep running that system that they run, and maybe add one, maybe two more pieces. But you know they just need to keep the coach and the players, in, and well, the most important players in place, and just keep rocking. Right, right. Hey, wholeheartedly agree. That's it for High Burst. Make sure you tune in next week. We're gonna get into the trade deadline and what big pieces they should bring over to their squad. Wow. Uh,